0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. There's never too many cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> you just got to get the guy to get out the kitchen that's not a cooker. And you got Cook, you got Kirk, you got two cooks, you got a chef and a sous chef. That's what you got to have. Kirk's gonna be the chef. Dalvin's gonna be a sous chef. He's gonna be back there helping him out, getting the blocks. He's going to be the outlet guy. He's going to get him 100 yards a game when he needs to because they're going to have to play in nickel.
1: On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now.
0: Welcome to the Ron Johnson show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. And on today's episode of the Ron Johnson show, we're going to have former Gophers legend, Terrence Campbell, former linebacker, but more importantly, great human being, teammate of Marion Barber, uh, his entire time at Minnesota, him and Marion were teammates for about four years. He had Marion got hurt and then went to the NFL after his fourth year. So Terrence Campbell has been with him a long time, has some great Marion Barber stories. Some he might not be able to tell, but we'll see about that. And then it's the daily three, of course, coming up. But first we got to talk about the Vikings. Now, everybody's so excited. It's a honeymoon phase. I'd say we're in right now with the Vikings and we're going to like talk about what happens after the honeymoon. For those that have been married, you know what I'm talking about. You you're getting to know somebody now for the first time, even though you were dating and whatever, you might've lived to marriage changes a lot of stuff. You're now one. And so now Kevin O'Connell is now becoming one with the state of Minnesota, with his team. The teammates now have to learn this new system, and it's it's going to start to come together eventually. But then, what's next? We're going to talk about what's next on the Ron Johnson Show. But first, a word from our sponsors.
1: What's the latest and greatest thing at Built Bar? It is the mud pie. We've been telling you about the Puffs. We've been telling you about their mixed box. Well, today I'm going to tell you about... The mud pie flavor for the first time ever built is introducing the mud pie bar and the mud pie puff. Not sure what mud pie tastes like. If you're a chocolate fan, you better sit down. It is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate topped with cookies and cream crumble. Mm, So good. You got to try it as soon as possible because they're only available for a limited time. Go to uh, built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. 150 calories, only eight grams of sugar, 16 grams of protein, covered in 100% real chocolate, healthy and tasty. What a combo! Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com.
0: Well, Sam, we gotta we gotta talk about this, man. Like we gotta. We got to talk about the vikings and you're married you know what i'm talking about you've been there eventually Mm -hmm. things are going to go wrong something's going to go wrong. there is no way i mean unless the vikings go what 14 and 2 14 and 3 i don't think there's a way that this can just be smooth sailing the whole way through like something's gonna happen whether it's the fans are going to question it the players are going to question each other uh, but maybe Kevin O'Connell has the right touch. Like maybe he knows he's seen the pitfalls of other teams and things that happen. Maybe. Maybe not. Some things you just are inevitable. So, Sam, for me, and, and you posed the question, um, what are some stumbles early in the season? Well, one, miscues. So we we we're hearing a lot about variety within this playbook. We're hearing a lot about the ability to to create your own, the ability to 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 make your own route within the route. Um uh, based off coverage, nothing crazy. But with all of that mental thinking, you know, and hopefully maybe the preseason wheezes out, that that slows you down a little bit. Defensively, I don't see too many issues or stumbles defensively. I, I really don't. Like 3-4 four to 4-3 four, there might be some gap integrity assignment stuff, but I mean, you got some high, some high level thinking defensive guys. Your your safety, you have a, a really a really smart elder safety back there helping Lewisine. You have a really elder cornerback helping Andrew Booth Jr. Uh, so I I think the pieces you have a Cam Dancer over there that can help him. You have a a Shannon Sullivan. So I, I think you have the DBs that can help the young DBs. You have the linebackers that are all vets. You have the, the the defensive line. I mean, it says You atamewu You got Harrison Phillips. You got those the other guys. Um, Daniil Hunter, they can help the young guys. Offensively, though, it's not so much of needing help because they're all vets. Like, there's not really a rookie on the offense that's going to get a ton of like, oh, we need this guy. It's not going to be the Justin Jefferson year. But the change within the offense, that's a huge change when you're letting your quarterback make changes. I think that's the stumbles. I think kirk cousins is going to have to not second guess himself you know it's one of those things i forgot what movie it is but you know it's one of those things where when you're in a new relationship you question yourself based off the old relationship and then eventually that wall comes down and you're just like look i'm gonna be me and i think that's where they have to get to with some of the mistakes that are going to happen some of the second guesses are going to happen uh when they're not getting out of kirk or the offense what they think they should or what they want um but my hope is he's spending enough time with them that he's going to he's gonna break them down quicker than later, and it's not going to take week three or four in the season. It's going to happen during training camp and the preseason. That, hey, look, walls are broken down, but they're going to stumble at some point. And, and I think that's where it's the most uh, noticeable will be some of the offensive miscues. What do you think, Sam?
1: Ron, do you remember the catchphrase in Seattle, let Russ cook when the Seahawks (laughs) wanted Russell Wilson to air it out, let it loose. They were frustrated that they were running the ball so much they wanted him to let it out. Well, What if the Vikings let Kirk cook? And what if he doesn't cook very good meals? What if it's not very, very tasty when Kirk Cousins prepares these uh, 40 passes per game entrees? What if Kevin O'Connell unleashes this guy and he makes critical mistakes. He throws pick sixes when given more opportunities to make mistakes. Maybe there are strip sacks. Maybe there are fumbles. What if opening the door to this new Kirk Cousins throw the ball all over the place universe unlocks a bad version of Kirk? I think that could be the stumble is that mm. Kevin O'Connell realizes that ah, maybe this guy is better in a run first offense. Maybe, maybe we do need to put him in a little bit more of a cocoon. I think that could create some some interesting tension, Um, and it's funny because the fan base has been been asking for a while now, you know, go to pass first, stop running on second and long, but what if that's not the best play for Kirk Cousins, and what if it takes a while for Kevin O'Connell to realize that?
0: well the rams were a pass first team to get to the run we have dalvin cooks that's definitely better than what the rams had in their backfield so i think kevin o'connell's smart enough to to know when to mix it in when not to not to be predictable um you know not to just come out and fit whatever i feel that's my first 15 plays like you know like i I think kevin o'connell's gonna have more of that because he played with with tom brady you know and and he's he's seen what what offenses look like when they work um this is where i go with that though so you said you use the word cocoon eventually He's gonna he's gonna have to become a butterfly. It might not be the prettiest butterfly. It might not be the blue, green, orange butterfly, but it might be the yellow brown. That hey, it's still a butterfly. Still flies around. Still looks good. Gets the job done. The other part of this, if Kirk does like, if he's not good when he's cooking, Mike Zimmer's gonna get on the podcast. Like Mike Zimmer's gonna get on some shows eventually, or he's gonna come out. And, and I'm not gonna say he's gonna directly just say I told you so, but. It's gonna get, and if Everson Griffin's not picked up, he's gonna probably get involved in this as well. If it just does not go right, and then that opens the door for the Vikings to have a horrible season and go draft a first round quarterback. The problem is, who like, do you go get the kid from Alabama? Is he gonna come out? You know, the kid from uh USC that just followed Lincoln Riley. I mean, there's there are some opportunities to go out there and get one of these quarterbacks, but is that the is that the answer? That are and is that a high enough pick? You know, if the Steelers. Find a way again, because the Steelers always find great receivers. If the Steelers find a way again to make Kenny Pickett the next Ben Roethlisberger. Like, it's time to start getting some of these Steeler scouts to become your next, you know, director of player operations or something, because clearly the Steelers are doing something right. I mean, the Antonio Brown, uh, Chase Claypool, Deion Deon Johnson, Deontay Johnson, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, they're always finding late-round guys and turn them into great receivers. And... um, that, that's what might happen. If Kirk doesn't do well, then you got to go get a quarterback. But I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be just fine. I think he's going to get it done. I, I think that, you know, his, his confidence in Justin Jefferson, what's the worst that can happen if you throw the ball up to Justin Jefferson one-on-one? He's going to catch it. The point. worst is he's going to drop it. Like, I don't think Justin Jefferson is the guy that's gonna let Kirk get interceptions because he wants Kirk to do that. Like he when Kirk did not throw him the ball when he was single covered in the back of the end zone, and you remember this. The cameras heard it, it was loud. He was like, F Kirk, throw me the ball. And and yeah. and then, you know, people of course tried to make it into a drama and like a pro just hey, look, man, his emotions out there. What receiver is not gonna say that? I'm not mad at Kirk, that's just what I said. I could have said, frick Kurt, throw me the ball. Like, I'm just saying, Kurt, throw the ball. Like, throw it to me. And I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to get more and more confidence. And Kevin O'Connell's gonna tell him, like, look, if you make that throw and the D B steps in front of him, I can live with that. What I can't live with is you dumping it off in his third and 10, and you had an opportunity to go for the first down or the touchdown. And so I think that's gonna be the mindset they're gonna have to do to get Kirk out of this. And hey, let Kirk cook. I don't know if that's the thing. Maybe it becomes a thing because when Kirk's cooking and there's a chef in the kitchen, we got Dalvin in the backfield, it just seems to work.
1: Or is it too many cooks in the kitchen? If we need to nah,
0: it's never too many cooks in the (laughs) kitchen. You just got to get the guy to get out the kitchen is not a cooker. You got cook, you got Kirk, you got two cooks, you got a chef and a sous chef. That's what you got to have. Kirk's gonna be the chef. Dalvin's gonna be a sous chef. He's gonna be back there helping him out, getting the blocks. He's going to be the outlet guy. He's going to get him 100 yards a game when he needs to because they're going to have to play in nickel to deal with this new offense, and that's going to leave a lot of run lanes for Dalvin Cook to get going. So that's what I think is going to be most exciting about this offense is they're going to free up lanes for Dalvin Cook. It's not going to be any more eight, nine-man boxes. Good luck because Kevin O'Connell wants you to go eight, nine-man box so he can unleash what he has in his offense that to do-it, for the first thing of the Ron Johnson Show, we want to thank all those that continue to listen on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you get your podcast. We thank you, iHeart. You know, wherever you're getting your podcast, please continue to do so. Also, for those watching on YouTube, thanks for subscribing and continue to stick with us. Coming up next, it's our interview. We got Terrence Campbell, former Gophers legend, and we'll be back after this. Well, up next on the Ron Johnson Show is promised, We got Terrence Campbell, former gopher, great linebacker. You know, some of you remember big hits, tall, skinny kid, came in as a young freshman, ended up being a really good player under that system with Glenn Mason. Before we bring Terrence Campbell in, though, we have a word for our sponsors.
1: Yes, we do. It's Online. Our partners at Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, which are almost over. MLB scores, fights, and next season's NFL futures, plus live betting, esports, and plenty more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's get into Terrence Campbell.
0: And now, as promised, go for great Terrence Campbell. Uh, he spent a lot of time with Mary and Barbara. I remember those two coming in as freshmen. Uh, let, let's, let's just say that freshman class uh, was one to be remembered just because of the pranks, the things we did to him. So as I bring Terrence Campbell onto the show, uh, Terrence, man, I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show, man. Uh, Terrence, I don't know if you, you were part of this group that, you know, it was kind of like hazing, but I wouldn't call it hazing because the freshmen stole – uh, I think it was either Tellus Redmond or Jack Brewer's truck. So they stole his truck. Uh, they were putting signs, like signs from the election, onto the back of his car. Uh, we ended up having Matt Baz handcuffed in the bathroom. I mean, it was it, it was like an epic summer with you guys, man. But I'll never forget uh, just seeing you guys coming in bright-eyed and then actually contributing on special teams, actually being a part of the locker room, like, like gelling right away. And uh, you were one of those guys, man, Jared Ellison, Jakari Wallace. Uh, but Terrence, as we're talking about the current Gopher program, as an alumni, when you first heard Roll the Boat, what did you think then and what do you think now?
2: Uh, man, when, when I first heard it, uh, I didn't know what to think. You know what I mean? Um, it was similar, you know, back when I was playing, uh, Coach Hudson was our D, D coordinator and he, we used the phrase, burn the boats. Um, so, you know, he gave us the whole history lesson on, you know, the burn the boats. Um, so when I heard row a boat," that's you know, first thing I thought it was, you know, I man, they saying it wrong. And then, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I did a little research, and then you know, I, I figured out, you know, I learned uh, Coach, you know, l- lost a child, and then you know, it, what it meant to him, and, and so it kind of stuck with me. I, I, I find myself saying row a boat," you know, uh, when I get in a position, you know, I feel stuck. I just, you know, you just if you row, you're gonna keep going. As long as you keep rowing, you're gonna keep going. That's that's what it means to me.
0: Man, you put it perfectly, man. I wish more people uh, – you're a smart guy, man. Like, for those that don't know, man, Terrence Campbell was killing it uh, in Texas. I mean, if you haven't seen his freestyle, I mean, he's done some stuff for Ella DeGeneres. Um, you know, he, he's 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 freestyling for car dealerships because he's a marketing director, but now he's doing real estate. He's rapping uh, to sell houses as well. Like, it's just his marketing thing that to gain that interest, man. And I'm not going to lie, man. Like, I, I, I checked you out at first, you know – I was like, man, this dude can't rap. And then I'm like, wait a minute. This guy's actually like – this guy's like putting it down. So, you know, I, I got to tip my hat to your on that. But, you know, from the Atlanta area, you know, big boy, Andre 3000, you know, rap is big, Georgia Tech, Georgia, all those schools in Atlanta. Why Minnesota, uh, you know, when you got recruited by Minnesota?
2: Man, you know, honestly, it was it was one of those things where I was just being coachable, Um and so my head coach at the time, he gave us all, you know, the if you get a if you get an um offer, take it. You know, he gave us that speech. And um, you know, I I was I'm the oldest child in my family, no cousins, no uncles. My, my dad didn't play sports. So, you know, I'm like the guinea pig, you know, I'm I'm learning. So nobody can really <laughs> give me any guidance, um, aside from my coach. So the first visit I went on was to Minnesota. The first offer I got was from Minnesota. I accepted it, um, you know. It was the Big Ten. I had a well. I had a couple of you know one double A offers, a um, few of them. But you know, you know, Big Ten. You get to play on the on TV, and then, um, but that's that's how you know. I mean, ultimately, I I didn't want to go to Minnesota from Atlanta. No shade to Minnesota, but I mean, it was my visit. I, it was maybe like six, seven inches of snow, um, and I was like, oh my god. What they offered me, so I you know, being coachable, I accepted. Um, but it would you know it been a great time, man. great time. I'm glad I did go to Minnesota.
0: Yeah, man, and being coachable is part of the, like, you know, that's what Coach Fleck always talks about, man, being able to be molded, evolve within a system, be coachable, and you definitely were one. Um, looking at, you know, this, this, your time there, you know, in Minnesota, and, and I remember my memories. You know, I had Ron Dane on the show, former uh, Badgers running back. I played him twice, you know, my freshman year, my, junior, my sophomore year. So we talked about a lot of memories there. You know, Iowa, same thing. But what are some of your memories, you know, playing against Wisconsin and Iowa?
2: My biggest memory against Wisconsin was that walk-off uh, field goal by Reese Lloyd. Um, you know, we was we was down back like I don't I don't even think we had the axe prior to um Reese um, Lloyd making that kick. So, I, that was that was my biggest um Wisconsin memory aside from pl- my first time playing at the stadium um in Madison. And they was, you know, the whole stadium was doing that jump around thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but th- that was uh, Wisconsin. My my biggest memory b- between the two was from Iowa. Two of them, actually, my freshman year, maybe sophomore year. One of those years I got my ankles broken by uh, Brad Banks, the quarterback, um, so that, that was a big memory. And then I redeemed myself a year later though, down in, in Iowa, because I got a sack against, uh, Robert gallery who ended up, you know, being like first or second pick to the Raiders. Yep. But I got a sack against him. And then I did, uh, did the eight town stump. <laughs> so though, <laughs> but those are my biggest, uh, Iowa memories right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not the ankles, bro. At least you didn't get hurt, man. Cause Asano side, he got his, his legs got taken from him, from Antoine Randall. And I'll never forget he tore his ACL. <laughs> So oh. at least she was able to like walk away from that one and then come yeah. back, but um you know, and as we know man like to, to to it's tough to talk, but we you know you have to do it as men sometimes, man, I think we don't share it enough with each other, I think we don't bring it up, especially in the black community man like when 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 somebody dies or when something tough happens, uh we tend to just ignore it, you know and mm-hmm. and Marion Barber recently passed his memorials coming up uh june twenty second and so when you think about that, like I, I had my memories of, of Marion, we had Daryl Reed on, Tony Patterson, a bunch of guys have come on the show and they've shared. What is your memory? Because you spent a lot of time with Marion in mm-hmm. your time at Minnesota because you guys came in together.
2: Yeah. Man, I got a, I got a ton of memories. Uh, I got, I'll share a few um, pretty short. So I got one when I first discovered, you know, my music stuff. I, I wasn't as good as I am now. Um, but – we had a setup, and we used to make... Uh, it was me and Marion, and it was one... I think it was Pierre Jackson. So we was like, you know, this is around the time when a 50 Cent started. So G-Unit. So I forget the name, what we called our group, but we was a group, me, Marion, and Pierre, and then Jakari and two other people were G-Unit. So we'd make <laughs> diss tracks against each other. Like We was like real-deal beefing, you know, fake beefing, but, you know... <laughs> So that was the one thing. And then um I'ma say my my when I really realized Marion was MB, was in practice. Um, like we had a battles, you know, um, but it was always on, you know, because I play linebacker, it was we most of the time we made contact, it was on an angle. Yeah. Well, this particular day, um, they were I forget the name, it was like a little misdirection play. So I took the wrong step and my feet got crossed. Yep. And I and it was like by the time my feet were crossed, it was Marion was like right there. So I still tried to wrap up. And then I you know we I, we made contact and then um next thing I know one one of the my teammates was coming to check me out and the coach had, wanted to make sure I was still good. So that was like, oh yeah, Marion is a Marion is Yes, yes it's a grown man right there, man. Uh so no. <laughs> Oh, those are my two. I, well, I got another. I can't share that on air. You know, it's the locker room talk. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good dude, man.
0: Yeah, man, it's a <laughs> it's love you can't share. I know, I know, because I know we get we were me and Daryl Reed, a couple other guys, Tony Pastor. We talk about Greg White, Styles G White, and some of this yeah. weird stuff. He used. to I mean, you were there for some <laughs> of it. Like some of the stuff he would do in the locker room. So yeah, man, some stuff. Some stuff. Let's just say he we had we saw some Skittles and then we didn't (laughs) see them no more. We was like, man, what is this guy over here doing, man? Like so we but you know, last one man before I let you get out of here, man. You know, as a man, you know, as you grow and you look at your time, you know, your time in Minnesota. Uh, your time now in the business world, I, you know, I see you doing great things out there, man, continuing to, you know, level up every, you know, every time you feel like you can get better, you do something else and you're like, you know what, I can challenge myself to do this. If you can give advice, because you're looking at now kids getting NILs, you know, in high school, now coming to college and then, you know, making the right decisions in college. If they're not going to make it to the NFL, you know, what's the next step? What, What's some advice you can give some of these young players, um, you know, in their ventures from college to, to real world life?
2: Oh, man. Well, I'm going to tell tail- all kids, the same thing. I, my, I got a daughter, she's a sophomore. My oldest child is a sophomore. I tell her the the make sure you invest some your time. If it's an elective, if it's a requirement, make sure you study economics mm-hmm. and pay attention. Like the probably the most underrated and the most important class or course you will ever experience in all education is gonna be economics. If you can just take that to heart and apply that knowledge that you get in economics to real life, you're going to be great.
0: Yeah, man. And that, and then, you know, I got to throw one more at you. You know, like any coach, you say you got 16 110s. Hey, get back on the line. You got one more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, Looking at, you know, Gophers not having to really break down rosters, who they have, who Wisconsin has, who Iowa has, from a mindset. You know, because when you go into those Iowa, Iowa-Wisconsin battles, man, it's just a mindset. It doesn't matter who, what your record is, who's on what side of the, you know, what's a mindset the Gopher players need to have this year thinking that because they, people are saying they can win the West. And to mm-hmm. win the West, they have to beat Iowa-Wisconsin. So what's a mindset these players can take into this 22 season knowing that if they beat Wisconsin and Iowa, they're probably Big Ten West champs?
2: Well, I, th- I think it starts at, on an individual level. Um, I think if every individual person shows up and say that I'm going to beat my man. Like mm-hmm. my man is not going to beat me. It don't matter who the team is. I mean, you look at when my four years, we we beat Alabama. Yeah, we beat we beat uh, Oregon, who was yep. you know, and we beat an Arkansas. These was you know, two SEC teams and a Pac-10 team that was running through people. Yeah. Um, because we had the mentality, and I think like a lot of guys especially in minnesota like you already going to minnesota you're underdog it don't matter like you would you the underdog so if you if you take that underdog mentality into the game like i'm not gonna my man is not gonna beat me and one of y'all gotta win that means you win and if you if everybody if you take that mentality the whole the team gonna win that's just what it boils down to
0: well there you have it man from terrence campbell gophers we know what you got to do to win this year. Big Ten West, a lot of people. That's the three. It's a three-headed race right now: Wisconsin, Iowa, and uh, Minnesota. And you heard from Terrence Campbell what you think. Also, you heard us roll the boat. But up next, we got the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Stay tuned for that.
3: This lockdown podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found. Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: Well, you've heard about the Viking stumbles. You've heard from Terrence Campbell. If you haven't, go back and watch those segments on the Ron Johnson show. But up next now is the Daily Three. It's three questions, three minutes each. Sam's going to throw them at me. I'm going to knock them down. Take it away, Sam.
1: Twins were off on Thursday, but they are in uh, the place you just were, Ron. They're in Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks over the weekend. But here's my question. Looking ahead at the schedule, eight of the next 14 games the Twins play against the Cleveland Guardians. Now, the Guardians are heating up. They've won eight of their last ten. They're two and a half games out of first place behind the Twins. They're creeping up behind them. Mm -hmm. and they play eight times in the next 14. So after that stretch is over, Ron, they'll have met eight times. Who will be leading the Central?
0: Uh, The Twins will be leading the Central still. Uh, It's going to be close, though. I I think of those eight, it's going to probably go like five to three, the Twins. Um, But again, this is where the rubber meets the road. But I think the Twins have it. Like when you know – the team is close that you're playing it, it notches it up a bit you know that's the problem with baseball 162 games it's tough every single night to come out and play your best of the best of the best that you can play like it's it's just one of those things like you just you just can't do it in baseball it's so hard and, and that's why the playoffs are so much fun because the intensity's ratcheted up the plays are going up everybody's high alert high level high level play everything You can't do that in 162 games. It's just you're tired, you're traveling, you're on the road. But I'd say the 8 out of the 14, those 8 against the Guardians, Twins are going to go 5-3 and versus the Guardians. Twins will still be leading the Central.
1: They've got another one of those funky uh five game series like they had against detroit because they have yeah. a double header one day so they got five games in cleveland remember what happened detroit, detroit. yeah what was
0: it four to one detroit yeah United? yeah and i picked i picked four to one the other way i thought the tigers would get one and the twins would just rattle them off and mm-hmm. the tigers found a way but again that's because you have 162 games and when you know how bad a team is sometimes you mentally just don't come out saying I need to get big hits. I mean, honestly, I keep going back to my daughter's softball team or 10 u team. It's the same way. When we know we're playing an A team, the girls are paying attention. Everybody's high alert. Everybody's going. And then when you play a team that you're like, oh, we can beat them. Like girls are like eating sunflower seeds. They're over there chewing gum, talking, playing around. Like they're just not paying attention. I think you, it's it's a human thing. Like when you don't feel like this team can do anything with you, you, you don't show up. And then by the time you realize they're beating your butt, it's too late and you just can't get that energy back, and you just have to wait for the next series. And so I think the Twins, I think the the Tiger series was a help for them to not do that again.
1: There was a trade in the NBA yesterday, Ron. Um, Dallas and Houston executed a trade where Dallas gave away the 26th pick and a couple players with expiring deals, and they got Christian Wood back in return. So they gave up their pick to get a player that could help them right away. Would you be opposed to the Wolves doing something similar, giving up their pick, number 19, to get someone who's a little older, more of a veteran that can help them immediately.
0: Yeah, when you look at Christian Wood, you know six eleven power forward. Um, you know can can play the center, can guards. You know because you don't have the true Shacks anymore. So he's a guy that can, if you go not say play small ball, but if you have a Luka and you do some other stuff, get a couple guards out there. Because honestly, in the West, when you think about what happens in the West, you got to have four guys that can handle the ball, when you think about the Warriors, like their death lineup, as they call it, where Draymond's the five. Well, you put a guy in there like Christian Wood as your four, or five, your five at 6'11", who's technically a power forward, he has an advantage of height over Draymond. And honestly, a lot of teams make moves right now to deal with the Suns, and the Warriors those are kind of the two you got to deal with the Suns and the Warriors in the West and so what do the Suns have DeAndre Ayton so we need somebody to be able to bang with him but then they also have Devin Booker so we need somebody to go shot for shot with him the the Mavericks like they figured it out and so now it's like let's keep let's build on this like we were we were this close we were right there. We had it like they thought they had it and they just couldn't get over the finish line. And so that that's where you, you what's next. Like, let's add a guy who can move a little bit better, who can be a swing guy, uh, who can who can get us some some rebounds for the for the uh, Timberwolves. I don't see why not. Like, if you don't feel like that pick is going to come in and play right away and there's a guard out there and you're like, look, D'Angelo Russell's not the guy. Um, then you go get them but if you're like hey do you the rest the guy the guy we need is somebody to play right under cat like a three a really solid three like a six seven six eight guy you know who can be a a, a big time player uh not they don't have to be the man like we just need somebody to fill it like an Andrew Wiggins maybe go back and get Andrew Wiggins you put Andrew Wiggins with Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns eh, I mean why not It's new ownership new front office You see what Wiggins can do now when he has scores. You have scores in D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe go back and get Wiggins. He can come in and be that 6'8 swing guy like he's doing. Split the Red Sea. Now, the big difference is they don't have a shooter, and Anthony Edwards has to improve his shooting to make Wiggins a viable option. But I wouldn't be opposed to going back and trading for Wiggins and giving the Warriors their first-round pick if they're willing to do that. But that's just me.
1: That is a, a scalding hot take. Um, that's I love it though. I I kind of like the Ben Beacon idea, the, the locked on wolves host who we interviewed. He suggested maybe packaging the big contract of Russell with the pick and tell the team, hey, we'll give you a first round pick. Take this contract off our hands, it'll be off your books in a year. Give us back this piece. And I I don't I don't know who that team is yet. Right. I haven't studied it closely enough, but that to me might be the best way to unload that Russell contract, if indeed yeah. you want to get out from it.
0: Yeah, and that's not the Warriors. The Warriors don't need another guard, so that's not the <laughs> Warriors. You got to you got to find another Russell. team. I don't want yeah, Russell. Yeah, and it's, it's not the Sixers because they got guards. You know, it's not the Suns. They have guards. It's got to be a team like the Mavericks. I mean, the Mavericks just did it again. Like it could be the Mavericks because, like, they have Luka. Uh, maybe they need a D'Angelo Russell, and they're willing to just keep moving pieces to 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 get it, and then they get a first round pick back, and then maybe they give up a player. You know who knows? But eh, it probably won't happen. That's too much for them. All right, next
1: question. There were ludicrous takes coming from Tyreek Hill on a podcast recently. At least in my opinion, you'll see what you think. He said that Tua Tungvailoa is more accurate of a passer than Patrick Mahomes. Um, what are we thinking here, Ron? On on this Tyreek? Podcast rant about Tua versus Mahomes.
0: Well, the fact that Tyreek Hill doesn't even run real routes sometimes, like Patrick Mahomes is playing pickup basketball on the football field at times. He's running around, he's throwing sidearm, he's throwing new look, no look passes. Everybody is accurate when they're in shorts. Tua, we're not debating that he's not a good quarterback. He went to Alabama, he played well there. He, you know, he did some national championship type stuff. He was a good player. Him and Jalen Hurts, you know, both like good quarterbacks but until the bullets start flying until you got to throw it shoulder pads and a helmet on with a 330 pound guy running at you or a 290 pound aaron Donald, or a 260 70 pound daniel hunter in your face let's see how accurate you are like patrick mahomes can do that and make that sidearm throw around Daniil hunter or a, a flip of the wrist right behind harrison smith's head we've seen it like we've seen him do that to the vikings I don't know if Tua can do that. But again, you're trying to hype your, your, your teammate up that you're with now. Um, the team traded you because they didn't want to give you the money that you wanted. Patrick Mahomes kind of like responded back. I haven't heard his comment, but I saw him on the podium responding to it as well. It is what it is. It, it it's you just like trying to have your boys back. Uh Scottie Pippen is saying Michael Jordan wasn't the best player ever. Like, okay, come on now. Like, people say outlandish stuff so that we talk about them. And hey, Tyreek Hill. We're talking about you. Um, the season is like when the, I can't wait for the season now. Like I'm getting like nine, like what 90 days. It's getting itchier and itchier because lot now we get to see Tua with Tyreek and the minute he underthrows him or he throws an underthrown and Mika Fitzpatrick picks it off or somebody picks it off, uh, you know, from the Cardinals or something. Then everybody's going to go back to that take and be like, how accurate. I mean, he's really accurate throwing it to the other team. You're definitely right there. You know, like, I just, I wouldn't put that pressure on Tua because who knows if he can handle it.
1: Uh, Tyreek Hill should be kissing Patrick Mahomes feet because that quarterback got him 120 million, I think guaranteed dollars. True. So I, I wouldn't, uh, bite the hand that feeds me. if I was Tyreek, but Hey, we'll see how it goes in Miami. They might be good. They might, they're a wild card to me. I I don't know. Um, (laughs) we, we got one minute left, Ron. I'm going to give you a chance to talk about the Warriors championship. They win the series four games to two. They hang on after a big first half against the Celtics. Um, Steph Curry's got four rings.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the thing I look at. They were up in the half. They pretty much controlled the game. uh, Early in the fourth quarter, up 10, uh, 78 to 68. That's one of those things for me that Steph just became Steph. Like, Steph did what he had to do. But Andrew Wiggins, like – in the third quarter going into the fourth quarter andrew wiggins had done just enough and did just what clay thompson did they had the same 12 points draymond was not the third fiddle like draymond like he said he was going to play livid this game i don't know what that means exactly <laughs> like i was like i was expecting like livid is like angry like i like pissed off like not angry like in a good way livid is like man i'm sick of this i suck like i don't understand that word that he tried to use in that instance but like draymond he just wasn't there but andrew wiggins was and i talked about that earlier andrew wiggins back to the timberwolves why not a A A rod get it done it's it's a new regime like go get your first round pick and make it viable like, make – show the world, like, Andrew Wiggins can get it done in a Timberwolves uniform. Bring the championship mentality back. Show the guys, like, look, man, I apologize. I wasn't ready yet. Now I'm a champion. I know what it takes. I've been in the locker room with the greats. I've been in the locker room with two Hall of Famers. Like, I'm with a Hall of Fame coach that's won rings and Steve Kerr. Like, Steve Kerr's got a lot of rings, by the way. I mean, Bulls, Warriors. like every
1: Every finger – like with two rings on it basically at this point.
0: I mean, he's he's got a lot of rings. And so when you learn from that coach, like Andrew Wiggins might be able to come back and and, and help a young Anthony Edwards, you know, and be an outlet guy that can just give you exciting dunks now and then. Hit a, he's, he's got his confidence. We're taking threes now. Um, maybe that's the Warriors though. Maybe the Warriors gave him that confidence. But I did say they would win. I did say Steph Curry should be the MVP. I thought Wiggins, like, and, you know, Andre Iguodala. who knows what he was doing. But, yeah, like, it, it is what it is, man. Like, the, the the Warriors, like, we said it, like, a month ago, I think you and I said this. The Warriors got hot at the right time. Even though they were 3C, they were the scariest 3C. We were saying the, the Timberwolves did not want them. Like, we, we talked about that. Like, you don't want to be the 6 seed. Like, 7 is probably where you want to be. 5 or 7. You don't want that 6. You don't want to deal with the Warriors right now because they are hot. And they remained hot and now we have our champions. Well, that to yeah. do it for, oh yeah. No, you what you said to say.
1: Uh, just really awesome validation for the Warriors dynasty now that they, they've got one before Durant, one after Durant, and Curry True. Curry's now been the best player clearly on two championship teams. Whereas if if it was two out of three of his titles were with Durant, I think people would quest they would find a way to pick apart the legacy. They can't do that anymore
0: yeah I mean he's and he's young like he's not old I mean he's not old but he's not young but he's not like he's not done like he can win five or six like we might be like then you got to have that Jordan conversation because it's all about rings and he gets it done and he's one of the best shooters in NBA history like we don't ever throw him up there we go LeBron Jordan uh Kareem Magic Steph Curry might have to be in that greatest of all time conversation. You might not like it because he's not dunking on people and he's not just bullying people. he's the best shooter of all time. And he might end up with more rings or just like maybe the same as Jordan with six. But that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show. That's Sam Ekstrom. That was Terrence Campbell. You heard what we think about KOC and the Vikings. It's coming up. They got to prove it. And please continue to subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, iHeart app, wherever you get your podcast, Please continue to subscribe on there, share, tell your friends about it. All the YouTube watchers, we thank you for your support. Have a great day.